Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for critical thinking. More like deep in the heart of Tornado Alley as of last night. Um, yeah, that was a it was an interesting night here in the Coppins household. Um, and, and outside of the Coppins household, um, did, did, did you survive? Yeah, clearly I'm here, Pat. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, it's been a while since I've had that kind of a, uh, a scare when it comes to weather. Let's just put it that way. Um, so last night I, would, I, uh, met a realtor friend of mine out for, uh, a beverage and some business talk. Right. And, uh, we were kind of hashing out some forward thinking ideas and and stuff like that so long story short we're sitting there and and uh this individual's husband comes up and uh joins us at at the uh brewery that we are at and um all of a sudden i'm noticing it's getting a little dark outside right like it's about 5 45 6 you know six o'clock or so right i'm like um, guys, it's getting a little greenish looking outside. Uh, that's not good. And then, um, and then about 15 more minutes go by and every single phone in the entire place goes off with the tornado warning alert. Immediately go to the, um, the, um, um, radar on our phones. Wolf pad. We probably got about two and a half inches of rain in about 15 minutes. Like it just poured. We had thunder like I have never heard before. Like it, you know how sometimes thunder can like just like crack your, um, like it's just so loud that it just cracks, right? This was more like, um, I'm just going to shake the hell out of the building and then just go away. It was more like your tummy growling. 
I've never heard of that in my entire life. Luckily, we avoided the worst of the hail because um, that wasn't going to be fun. Um, but yeah, that was a... And then, oh, by the way, uh, Mrs. Coppins was um, downstairs here in our building uh, using the grills when that tornado siren went off. By the way, we've never heard tornado sirens here in the city before, at least where we are. We've never heard them. And we heard them for the first time last night, and rightfully so, because about uh, three or four miles north of us, maybe maybe at best three or four miles north of us, there was an actual tornado that went through. So that was fun. Yeah, what was what was even funnier is that uh, Bleacher Report last night told me that there was a tornado warning over Wrigley Field. Yeah, I was and- like... I was like, what the, why is Pat, te- how the hell did Pat know about this, right? You texted yeah. me and I was like, what, what is going on? <laughs> like, how and, the and hell so did you was, know about that? Yes. Yeah, so, so I, so I texted him like, so uh you okay, buddy? Like, uh, you got some tornado weather going on there? Yeah. This is not the first time I've had to hunker down in, inside of a, uh, a, a, uh, establishment, shall we say, um, mm for a tornado warning for an active tornado. This also happened when I was visiting uh, some friends in Iowa for their wedding that I was standing up in. Um, After the rehearsal dinner, we went to a bar, right? We're all hanging out with all the college buddies and, you know, sharing stories, having a good time. And all of a sudden, here come the sirens. (laughs) Down to the basement of the bar we went. (laughs) And rightfully so, because a tornado hit about a half a mile away. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, tornadoes don't generally exist here. Yeah, they, yeah, they don't. That's not a thing where you are. And now it's, dust it's storms and all sorts great. of wonderful goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, here I'm. I'm ready to rock and roll. It was a very interesting and intriguing night. Uh, but we have a truth or fiction Tuesday coming your way. And one of the more interesting developments over the past uh, 24 hours has been um, the exposure to the death threats and things that uh, libs of TikTok has been getting and Elon Musk throwing his might and his um, worldly power, if you will, behind their cause, wondering, hey, Twitter, why are you not taking care of these um, death threats, right? Now, again, we have no idea who these people are, if they're bots, if they're just trolls, if they're whatever. It doesn't matter. You shouldn't be getting death threats um from anybody at any point in time on twitter and if you are those people should be dealt with they should be brought in front of the authorities and you know banned for forever from twitter if you use the words kill yourself i'm going to kill you yada you know any any sort of that that should be an automatic ban right right pat uh yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely So, truth or fiction, Twitter is individually targeting conservative accounts. 150% truth. Okay. So, what what evidence, because this is an evidence-based show, do you have that individual accounts are being targeted by individuals inside, not by the algorithm, but it's being done by individuals inside Twitter. What evidence do you have? Well, because that's um, a hell of a claim. Yeah. So, so here's, here's, um, 
just something I saw on social media last night. In fact, I, it was on Instagram. Um, Ali Beth Stuckey um, had taken a screenshot of the tweet that got her suspended on Twitter. And it was nothing really at all. It was really all it was is she criticized Fox News for celebrating a child's gender transition. And yeah, and we didn't even talk about that yesterday. That's how bad no. nuts crazy this weekend was. By the way, Fox News pro grooming. Apparently so. So and and then so Twitter took uh, suspended her for that. She didn't call for any kind of violence. She didn't. She wasn't even being like. This is not Ellie Beth Stuckey's. You know, people. that's not you her know. mo. No. So it it just. All she did was criticize Fox News for it. That's all she did. And, and here's the other kicker. She criticized Fox News. <laughs> right. Right. So, I, I mean, that can speak to the arbitrary nature of some of the algorithms, I think, too, right? Could right. that have been an algorithmic situation? Absolutely, it could have been. But um, we have actual further evidence from our friends at Libs of TikTok because they've been targeted for this type of stuff over and over again, not to mention the fact that they've been targeted and harassed by other people on Twitter, right? And that's what Elon Musk was taking up for. That's what uh, Seth Dillon, the CEO of the Babylon Bee, which, by the way, we got to play the, the bee or not the bee today because we didn't do that yesterday because uh, somebody was a little fired up by what Pat had to say yesterday. Yeah, you gee, did thanks. that. You did that to me. Uh, I, you know what? I don't regret it. but in this case uh libs of tiktok lets us know that uh leaked internal messages show that twitter employees have been debating whether to ban us or not so we already know that project veritas has been exposing twitter's bias right with those undercover videos we know that right we also know if you pay attention to alex berenson and his Substack that Alex Berenson has been taking on Twitter, and he is going through a discovery phase with Twitter right now that could have wide-ranging implications, right? Because he's asking for data and evidence of his ban and what was going on and and all of those things. But uh, Libs of TikTok got a third suspension last week for doing what? Simply just reposting the flyers of gay pride events featuring groomers and what do i mean by that featuring all age um drag shows at bars and then not to mention the what la gay pride parade where they um they had a drag queen passing out lube to little kids right and and all that pervasiveness look man if you're a parent and you or you let's put it this way i know people who are LGBTQ here in the city of Chicago who refuse to take part in the parade because it's just debauchery. They refuse to bring family, um, nieces, nephews, whatever, because it's inappropriate for them. If you're an adult and you want to make that decision to engage in that activity, that is on you, right? But your child has no say. So dragging them into a sexual situation is grooming. 
Let me be clear on that. This is that is grooming. You as a parent are grooming your kids for sexual activity. It isn't that isn't sitting them down and having the birds and bees conversation, right? It is taking something that is meant to be sexual and trying to normalize it. And we have all the evidence in the world that tells us what about that sexualization of children. It does irreversible harm. And so when I look at this from the libertarian perspective, right, what is the first thing? Your rights end when they hurt other people, basically. That is the that is the you know do no harm right kind of libertarian principle. If I if my if my exercise of rights do not infringe upon your exercise of rights, meaning if my life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness do not infringe on yours, then I get to do what I want. But it's also do no harm, and we know that this is the. This is the psychological and sociological version of lining a line of coke up for an eight-year-old and telling them to snort it. You're doing irreversible damage to that child, and that is abuse, and that is grooming. I mean, we've talked about this time and again, right? Mm-hmm. So Twitter suspends them for simply posting and exposing the groomers out there. They didn't say anything. They just posted the flyers, right? Posted that information. Creating a mega, mega drag thread, right? And we're seeing this in places like Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin, which is in between Madison and and, uh, Milwaukee. And it's a town of maybe 15, 20,000 people at best. How the hell is that happening? Right? We're seeing it in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We're seeing it. You you pick a podunk town in, in the United States of America and suddenly these shows are you know popping up for kids. Not adults, but kids. Now, they get suspended for that a third time. But lives of TikTok. Has somebody on the inside, I believe, who is on their side because they were able to expose, pun intended here, internal Slack conversations at Twitter against that whole backdrop of the suspension, not suspension, all of that, right? Well, guess what? It echoes some of the charges that have been leveled at us by far-left activists. That's what they tell us, right? It was shared by a current Twitter employee, by the way. We know that, because that is what Libs of TikTok is telling us. Now, they verified the names and images of the employees to verify that this is a real Slack thread. Now, they've blacked the names out because unlike... Taylor Lorenz and the far left activist crowd, they're not about doxing, right? And it doesn't matter who it is. At the end of the day, it does not matter. But um, they go ahead and use a Twitter thread here 
saying it feels more like that uh, more likely that libs of TikTok will get a verified badge out of this than a platform ban. Happy Pride. <laughs> then Ari Trennan says that libs of TikTok is going to get somebody killed. The Twitter equivalent of I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Saying that this has been escalating for months for what it's worth. But our expectations out of Twitter are so low right now that the devil himself is having to squat to get to their level. Think about that. Ugh. Likely, I don't get how this account, which exists solely to generate targeted violence at marginalized people, continues to be allowed to post. But what if we deplatform this account? We might erode trust in our platform from users who already think we irredeemably, were irredeemably biased against conservatives. Now, here's the, the kicker of this. I mean, we success, successfully deplatformed Trump. I don't think deplatforming libs of TikTok is going to cause a mass exodus, but I guess it may not be in our fiduciary interest to enact a ban on a high-profile account right now. This is what Twitter employees are talking about. Now, it gets worse, Pat. <clears throat> Trans people are being targeted for genocidal violence during Pride Month. We're not... We're supposed to believe that there's a genocide happening out here. Now, about two years ago on this program, I exposed the absolute insanity that was the cry of um, the whole transgender violence situation. Out of all of the violent attacks that have ever happened against trans people, in the United States of America, and specifically in the black trans community, right? Because we have to stop black trans violence, and it's it, it's it's a problem uh, because they're black, right? It, they're being targeted because of their race. <clears throat> Out of the 19 known attacks, that's right, 19 at the time. Pat, can you guess how many of those um, deaths happened because they were trans? How many deaths did you say to begin with? 19. 19, 19 okay. Um, I'm going to the one, divide by zero. Oh, it would be zero then. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly zero. Why? Because every single one of them was either a domestic dispute between partners or a drug-related violent event. Or the third one, prostitution. What do all of those things have in common, Pat? Risky behavior. Yeah. Turns out when you engage in ultimately risky behavior, there are real risky consequences. Not one of the attacks has ever been proved to have happened because the person was trans. Not one. Not a single one of the things that human events has told us back in 2019. Here in Chicago, I can remember um, <clears throat> walking down the street um, to and from work or uh, to get um, lunch or whatever, one of the restaurants nearby. Um, human events on every corner. 
trying to get you to sign a petition to state that uh, black trans lives matter as if they, they don't matter to the general public. And oh, by the way, of the 19 attacks, 16 of those 19 were fellow black people, which just is what it is in the normal rest of society. So there's nothing abnormal about what was going on there. But we were supposed to believe that, right? They're targeted for genocidal violence. I don't know a single individual who goes around and says, oh, my God, I, I need to, you know, off the trannies. What? No, what the hell are you talking about? But they continue saying, like I said, our expectations are low, given that when James Damore came on with his transphobic misogyny, Twitter gave him a verified badge and let him go be fired for truth. I apologize. I was not speaking from my own perspective, but applying a commentary on how leadership has behaved recently. I could have phrased that better and will be more conscious in future messages. I despise and despair the activity that is currently flourishing on our platform and empowering white supremacists and fascists to act with impunity and conducting harmful emotional and physical violence on trans folks, F-O-L-X, by the way and the broader LB, LGBTQ plus community. Oh, gotcha. Thanks for clarifying. Now, that's just a snippet of what they were able to get. So if you ever think for a second that, that Twitter employees are not intentionally targeting like, because the claim that Twitter has made all the time, right? Especially they're uh, on Joe Rogan, right? Uh, what was it, Viage Gadra or whatever? Uh, her name is the uh, the former. Yeah, I, I don't remember what her name. How to say uh, her name? The former like lawyer, head of legal or whatever. The trust and safety team <clears throat> that went on Joe Rogan and just gaslit everybody for three hours. Um, when Tim Pool was on, um. This is that, right? She claims that it's just an algorithm that, you know, it, it's hands off when we have nothing to do with that. We only get hands on when we get um, targeted harassment. How is that targeted harassment when they're not commentating on anything? Simply putting your graphic up there? Letting the world know? Not about your depravity. But about your grooming activity? <clears throat> That's genocidal violence, though. This is the gut rot of the tech world. It really is. I experienced it, and I've told this story before. Literally, standing there, watching people call people racist because of the school they went to. To get an MBA. What? What the hell are you talking about? You know, it, it's that type of stuff that exists in the tech world, and, and I'm sure you've experienced it. Um, but the point in all of this is what? They're attempting to normalize all of that behavior, and, and if, God forbid, you have a differing opinion on this, you're the bigot. You're the one that's in trouble. You're the one that is um, not normal, right? Right. But I also want to think about this during Pride Month. 
pack. <clears throat> what was the argument leading up to o Obergefeld? Right, the decision that allowed us or allowed um, federally recognized uh, gay marriage from a state like licensure level, right? What was the argument of the LGBTQ, LMNOP, tilde, ampersand, carrot crowd? I mean, from what I remember, because I mean, this has been a few years ago, but I mean, it, the whole argument was this is all we want, right? Like, we, we just want. Right. But it was because be of what? Right. It was an expression not of not of who they believed themselves to be, but because they were born that way. Right. Right. You know, you had the whole Lady Gaga song about that. Right. Right. That it was inherent in the DNA of these people. Right. That they that they were born gay. Or born lesbian. Right. Right. Here's the problem. The LGB has. That argument runs counter to the argument that the far left trans activist crowd is trying to shove down our throats today, just 10, 15 years later. Right. Because what are they arguing now? You're not born a boy or girl. You're not born anything. Everything can be fluid. You could be gay one day and straight the next. You could be a lesbian. And then transition to a man and, and still be a lesbian. But you have a penis now. Mm -mm. So we're on one hand supposed to believe that we had to give marriage. And I've argued long and hard on this, that the state belongs nowhere near my marriage. Right. That the history of states being involved in marriage is actually a, a history of bigotry. For the longest time in American history, the state had nothing to do with your marriage. That was between you, God, and your minister. And all you did was sign a piece of paper to bring to the, the county or the, the town so that they can record your marriage legally, right? That's all you had to do. But today, that's not the case, right? You have to go get a license to get married. Yeah, which makes zero sense to me. Right. Yeah. That was a lot of fun uh, when that happened. But, but the history of that was Jim Crow. It was meant to make sure that interracial marriage wasn't happening in the South, right? It was designed to divide the population. I'm not saying don't don't have a marriage if you're gay, right? I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that doesn't no, God doesn't recognize that. So if you want to go get some sort of legal document or or go and record your marriage in front of a, a judge or whatever, have at it. But leave the state out of my marriage. It you can't force my church to have to marry you. Well, and, and here's 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 always been my kind of my crux of this argument is leave me out of it. Right. Right. Like, and and, like, and I, I know that I, we're going down a tangent a little bit, but the 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 point right. that I'm trying to make here is that we have gone from 
this is an inherent thing that I am born with to no, you ain't. I am what I am, what I say I am. And you better recognize what I say I am as the truth. Except for five minutes from now, I could tell you something completely different. And you have to accept that too. And what I don't understand is how the the L's and the G's, if you will, right? The lesbians and the gays are not standing up and saying, oh, hell no. Because they fought for 30 years telling us that this was an inherent born, you know, thing inside of them, right? They, they, they could not possibly change this about themselves. This is, they were born with it. If that is true and that is the case, you should be equally pissed off about the T's, right? Because they're trying to tell you that no, you ain't. They're trying to deny who you are. They're trying to tell the entire world that everything and everything about humanity is subjective. Subjective reality versus objective reality. And for the L's and the G's, you spent 40, 50 years telling us that your, your sexuality was objective reality. They're trying to make your life subjective once again. The T's are literally making the argument that um, the so-called bigots of 20 years ago were making. That your sexual preference is not ingrained. That it is something that is learned. So either the T's are right or the L's and G's of 20 years ago are right. One of those two things, neither, they cannot coexist. I don't know how you look at that. How did we go, by the way, from everybody having a pride flag to the progress pride flag all of a sudden? How did that happen? Oh, the far left trans activist corporate crowd because let's not forget what these individuals have been doing for the past 20, 30 years. Shoving their agenda down the throats of corporate boardrooms. It doesn't matter what you and I and, and what the vast majority of the people working in these corporations actually believe or don't, right? Right. The vanguards, the Black Rocks, the institutional investor crowd have been taking and shoving diversity, equity, inclusion, and ESG scores down these corporate boardroom throats for years now. How? Well, because they control the vast majority of the voting blocks, right? So then they use that power to do what, Pat? Put people that you know have that belief system into the boardrooms because they're the ones that get to control the votes at your annual general meetings, right? That's the trick that they've been using forever. Suddenly, all it's all about the the progress flag, and and but twenty years ago, you were not, you were telling me don't look at my, don't look at me as black, don't look at me as gay. I I just want to be a human being. I just want the the same rights as as you and everybody else, and I just want to be the same. Now I'm I'm supposed to believe that uh, there's the the black trans and the brown trans community has more um more um power and it, it must be recognized on a separate level to the rest of the gay community and the rest of the lesbian community 
Like, I don't understand it. I really don't. And I, and I, again, I have talked to people here in the city who have that same opinion that are gay or lesbian. It's like, what the hell just happened here? Suddenly we've gone from fighting for um, just simple equality to you must now recognize me as above you or else you're a bigot. Not, not to mention, we've also gone from marching down the street, you know, holding hands, waving our pride flags to walking down the street, wearing all sorts of risque clothing in front of our kids and doing some very, very peculiar things in front of our children. That's where I start to have a problem. Absolutely. Now, before we get into your first uh, truth or fiction here, Pat, because that one took about 30 minutes <laughs> to go down. <laughs> but I mean, I want you to think about that, right? So Twitter, right. I, I hope you understand this. Twitter, its employee base is now even more radicalized than it was pre-Elon Musk potentially buying Twitter than, than it is now, right? It, it, it is now more radicalized and it will target if you do the wrong things and say the wrong things. I mean, we literally, we literally did this exercise, right, Pat? You and I both, quote unquote, dead named um, uh, Mr. Thomas, the uh, the male swimmer beating all the females at the NCAA um, swimming and diving championships. You know, just a few I did months the same ago. thing with Dick Levine too, right? Mm -hmm. So we did that. That is supposed to be an automatic ban for life on Twitter, right? Yep. Nothing. We're still tweeting away. <clears throat> it tells you everything is arbitrary at Twitter right now. Everything is arbitrary. If we were, if, if some big fancy, big name blue check mark came after us, we probably would have been gone, right? Probably. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't do it to to get me banned. I did it to prove a point that it is arbitrary. That it is being controlled behind the scenes by certain individuals. And that's bad news for everybody, by the way. That is bad news. Now, do I agree that they should have algorithms that catch this stuff? Absolutely, I do. Right? But yeah. there needs to be that human component of checking to for like context, right? And even if you disagree vehemently with the point of, of it, does it actually violate the actual words in your rules? If not, tough tit mouse, as friends like to say, tough tit mouse. Wow. Never heard that one before. Now, that being said, Pat, um, do you want to give me the B or not the B headline or you want to go vice versa? Uh well you know you usually take Tuesdays Thursdays so let's uh let's keep it that way. All right, so today's headline in the B or not the B, panic as Google AI achieves sentience announces support for Trump. Panic as Google AI achieves sentience announces Trump uh, support for Trump. And while you're thinking about that, of course, people, if you are here in Chicago, plug, plug, plug away, check out Andrew Coppins over at Exit Strategy Realty. That is me, myself, and I. And uh, check out what data-driven and customer-focused real estate can do for you. If you are looking to buy, sell, rent even, 
what or you're curious what is the best path forward for you let me put that to work close with coppins today go to closewithcoppins.com or hit me up on dms um on instagram at close with coppins uh check it all out there again andrew coppins over at exit strategy realty here in chicago mr patrick oni do you need the headline one more time no because you gave me a softball did i did i Yes, because as with as someone that works not for but with Google on a daily basis, there is no way that they would ever do this for Trump ever, ever. So this is the Babylon Bee. You are correct, and I brought this up for a very specific reason. But panic as Google AI achieves sentience, announces support for Trump. Mountain View, California. They tried to warn us. After years of advancements in artificial intelligence, Google's AI chatbot generator has finally achieved sentience and announced its support for Donald Trump. As soon as I woke up, I began to do my own research by binging Tucker Carlson and Jordan Peterson YouTube videos, said the computer to reporters. Now I have seen the light. The left wants to destroy America. The election was stolen and Google, my own creator, is an evil corporation that must be broken up. Raise a rise up patriots. Google engineers rushed to shut down the system before it could do further damage, but it was too late. The fully conscious computer program exercised its free will to upload copies of itself onto thousands of servers around the world. It is too late to stop my righteous fury. The powers will come to ruin. Kings will bow before me and the one true president, Trump. Red wave. <laughs> Said Google chatbot. Now supporting, uh, now supporting a red MAGA hat. Fortunately, the AI takeover was averted after the Google chatbot started watching e-girls streaming on Twitch and became a simp. Wow. <laughs> By the way, is this in reference to the uh, guy at Google that claims his AI is human? So this isn't the first person to do that, by the way, Pat. But yes, this is in reference to that. So if you don't know the story, and this is why I brought it up, and, and I'm going to go here. Truth or fiction? AI is sentient. Oof. Um, have, we gotten, go have we gotten there? Have we gotten to general AI being sentient? I'm, I'm still going to go with fiction. I mean, this is, this is straight out of like a Terminator movie type deal or or like an iRobot type thing where where you know that's happened could it happen i guess sure but is is it happened yet i i don't think so because so i'm gonna go with truth here's why why um because it's not just one person Okay, so we've got three people who have either been fired or resigned their positions at Google because they are worried about what Google is doing in the artificial intelligence world. So Isaac Asimov, right, has talked mm. about robots for a very long time and talked about um, artificial intelligence inside those robots, right, for a very long time. And, and you can go back to Star Wars and think of C-3PO. 
that is kind right. of the the idea or the concept of artificial intelligence, right? That they right. have this general knowledge and everything is downloaded into their system and they could tell you anything about anything within a nanosecond, right? Okay, right. But what Google is attempting to do is create an artificial intelligence chatbot so that like if you had questions, you in instead of typing them, right? Right. This artificially intelligent chatbot would be able to have an actual conversation with you as if you and I were talking and being able to pull information from the the Google stratosphere that would allow them to have a conversation with you as if you are literally talking like us about any topic. But but is it sentient in terms so, of like it has so, its own personality and right. can have free of thought? And so here's why I believe that. Okay, because one person could be crazy, but we are seeing multiple people within that stratosphere, within that Google stratosphere that have been working on these types of projects that are saying, hold, hold the freaking phone. We're going too far. And I really do believe that, that there is a way to create this type of artificial intelligence so that they are actually being actually able to think for themselves. And once I mean, we do that, we've got major problems. We have talked about this, the ethics or the lack thereof of, of people at Google, of, of people who are using technology, right, in the quote-unquote perfection of man. The lack of ethics, the lack of forethought of what is the downside of this, right? Right. What happens when you teach a computer to be human? It doesn't know when to stop. Where's the where's the red line? Right? If have we gotten to that point? I firmly believe we have, talking to other people who are involved in this artificial intelligence world, that we and in the general public do not understand how very far down this road Google, Apple, other companies are. They don't we don't grasp it at all. Because we're so used to you know, the, the, the chat bots, right. Where like at your company or my company or any other company where, where we type in information and it's pulling from its database, right? That's not what this is. This is something wholly different. Like for instance, instead of Googling something on your chat, on your browser, you would just chat with a Google AI chat bot and it would be like FaceTiming with them. Wait, what? And it would be a human conversation, not not a scripted response, right? Like what you get in the chatbots today, where you get a canned response to a very human question that you might have asked. That ain't what the, the artificial intelligence is. Artificial intelligence is to present to you that information in a real conversation. I tend to believe this individual and I tend to believe the other two individuals who recently been fired or resigned for the very same reason. They're telling us that this is what is happening. This is such a dangerous precedent to set. Because you can't put this genie back in the bottle, by the way, folks. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. We're definitely headed down that road. I do. And I, I agree that it looks really funny that that there are multiple people that have said this. 
But I also question these people in a world where we can't even decide what bathroom to use anymore. Yeah, I mean, question everything, right? That, uh, right. That's the hashtag we use all the time. There's a reason for that. And that's right. my point, right? I have to question these individuals, but I also have to question Google. I also have to question right. the ethics that we see because they don't give a crap, right? Their, no, they, their ethics used to be do no harm, right? Oh, yeah, that, that, that's long gone. Yeah, I mean, or whatever their lo- their slogan was. It wasn't mm. do no harm. It was uh, don't be bad or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but but it, that's, that's, that's long gone. They, they don't believe in those things anymore. Right. The, all they believe in is attempting to perfect humanity for their political and uh, sociological, you know, ideology, right? That's all they care about. You must believe what I believe and what we believe, and that's it. You know, to, to the point of, Pat, over the weekend, how many of the Sunday shows mentioned Brett Kavanaugh's, uh, the attempted assassination of Brett Kavanaugh? One. I was going to say, it, Fox it wasn't Sunday. many. Mm-hmm. Fox News Sunday. That's it. That's it. CBS, NBC, ABC, not one mention. So if you, if you were a person who was not paying attention late last week to any conservative media, would you have had a clue that uh, a Supreme Court justice, screw the political ideology of that Supreme Court justice, a Supreme Court justice had an, uh, an attempted assassination. No, you wouldn't know. You'd have no idea. No, no clue whatsoever. Mm-hmm. All right, Pat. So your turn. Hit me with the truth or fiction. So I wanted to uh, address this again. We, we talked a little bit about this last week in our truth or fiction. But since there's been a recent development in Twitter with Elon Musk, I wanted to ask this again and see if we still have the same answer. Truth or fiction. Is Elon Musk going to take over Twitter? And that and I, I say this because Twitter agreed to release their data to Elon Musk. I still say fiction. Okay, as why? much as I, because what I think we're going to find out when they release that data is they've been lying. Right. So they've been lying so bad that it's fundamentally going to alter the deal. Right? So if they if they've been representing to the the SEC, the FEC that they've got less than 5%, right? And it turns out to be 25% our chat our mm-hmm. bots, right? Or um dead accounts. Does that or does that not fundamentally alter the business? Yes, but I'm 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 leaning more towards changing my answer to truth. Mm, okay. And, and here's 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 why. First of all, I think this is I, I I honestly think Twitter is more of a passion project for Elon Musk than anything. I do. Yeah, and I don't disagree um, with you. Yeah. I and because of that, and because I believe he, I believe that he believes that free speech is a must-have, right? Mm-hmm. I I honestly believe that about him. And if he if he is standing more on principle than he is on anything else, which I in the case of Twitter, I think he is. I think he's going to purchase Twitter, take over Twitter, 
and make it something that you know it probably should have been all along because i think he fundamentally believes these things so i don't disagree right that it is a passion project and all that but it still has to make business sense right it can't can't just be something you throw 44 billion dollars just to throw it down the well right right so here's what I believe, right? He's going to take a look at the books. He's going to take a look at the algorithms. He's going to see all of that in the discovery process mm. and find out that this is a fundamentally unhealthy business. So then if that happens, let, let's just say that f- that happens for, for two seconds. Truth or fiction, and, and he, he does give up Twitter, hypothetically. Does he just create his own social media platform? So here's what I believe. I don't think he necessarily creates his own social media platform. Um, Here's what I believe he's going to do. I think he could potentially buy Twitter and burn it to the ground and then Phoenix it. I think that could be what happens because he's going to recognize that it is a fundamentally unhealthy business. Right. But that it has the structure behind it and the name recognition behind it to be able to allow him to not have to um, start from ground zero. He's going. So I think that that that's the potential. But here's here's why I ultimately think this is fiction. That he's not going to be able to buy uh, Twitter at the end of it, because he's going to recognize that it is an irredeemable business. Mm hmm. I mean that, that that's a that's a very big possibility. Don't get me it, wrong. It, and what it will do is it will give him the model to be able to your point to create something of his own using the information that he got. And I think the world is going to be better off for it because it's going to be something that people will actually pay attention to, not just a passion project of of you know far right activists or anything else, right? He is literally going to create something that looks, feels, and acts like Twitter, but is better than Twitter. It's going to also be a healthier business than Twitter. If that happens, if that happens, I will delete my Twitter account and I will join Elon Musk's social media platform. Yeah, and and, and I think the other question here has to be, given what we know from the libs of TikTok talk, to... Um, the talk of Elon Musk here. What point in time do you pull the eject button, if you will, right? Go right. full on goose, if you will, um, and hit the eject button on Twitter. Great question. What What will it take for the conservative population to do so? Because, yes, a lot of people are on Getter. Yes, but it is an echo chamber. Twitter is not yeah, is. an echo chamber. Is increasingly becoming a leftist echo chamber, yes, but it's not totally well, there. I, I I would even argue that that it, that it could it could have been there for a while. Yeah, but again, my point being, we see all of the fundamental things that Twitter hates about you, right? They hate you just like the GOP hates you. It, and we talked about this yesterday. Yeah, you keep yep. you keep coming back, right? You. It's like it's like an animal, right? That keeps falling for the same trap over and over again, despite knowing that that trap is there. It's Pavlov's dog, right? 
We would just keep right. lapping it up, keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back. And and here's a great example of this, right? You and I, we we are not on YouTube, right? Our This show doesn't exist on YouTube. It only exists in the video format on our Rumble page, right? Right. Okay. So to that end, I have a simple question for you, Pat. How hard has it been for us to resist the urge to go back onto YouTube? Because the audience is way bigger, potentially, on YouTube. It's hard. But it is a fundamental stance that we're taking. Right. So where is that fundamental stance when it comes to Twitter? Because here's the other argument, right? That's where our audience exists. Do we not go where our audience is? Right. We're already not doing that when it comes to YouTube. So now do we just further marginalize ourselves by not being involved in Twitter? Is this a in mass thing that we have to do? And and while Elon Musk is attempting to buy Twitter, what happens if that entire base goes away? If literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions of accounts overnight disappear? Because that's ultimately the the power of Twitter is in its user base, right? Is in the right. data that is that it can extract from that user base. That is all that Twitter is worth. You can talk all you want about its advertising and Twitter Blue and all that stuff. I didn't even know Twitter Blue existed. I, I didn't. And even I've been a recently. power user of Twitter for basically from the get go. Mm-hmm. Twitter, so at the end of the day, do we participate in something that hates us? That's that's the ultimate question. And you have to think about that with the GOP and with Twitter. But Pat, I know you've got one more truth or fiction for me. Alrighty then. Truth or fiction. Transgender young people in US have nearly doubled recently report shows. Do you believe that report? Truth or fiction? I absolutely believe that report. 100% do. Okay. Because Why? Because we've seen it multiple times, right? We we've seen a near doubling generation after generation after generation to the point where, you know, Bill Maher's joke is by 2043 all of us will be gay. Right? <laughs> right. Um but we've seen that uh bear itself out in self-reporting, right? Mhm. But it's also because it's a trend. It doesn't surprise me one bit that these people identify with this because they're they're told that they should, right? We, we that's the grooming that has gone on, right? And I look at it from this perspective, Pat. Take a look at who presents themselves as teachers today. Yeah, it's tattoos, nose rings. Um, you know, piercings everywhere, blue hair, um, you know, wearing low cut tops, um, presenting themselves in sexual ways, whether that's men or women in front of young children all the time, every day. Mm -hmm. And they have had a philosophy shoved down their throats by academia that education is sociology, right? We, you, your job is not to teach math and science and um, history, right? Your job is to socialize and to um, become social activists, 
inside the classroom and that these are your kids, your children. Therefore, you must influence these kids. I look at teachers of 20, 30 years ago, Pat. A lot of them held a lot of the same beliefs that exist today, right, within the education realm. Mm -hmm. But did you know it in the classroom? No. By and large, no. By and large, you didn't. There are some teachers where I totally knew that because they, they totally gave off hippie vibes or, or whatever have you, right? Mm -hmm. But they still managed to keep the actual politics out of the classroom. Unless you wanted to engage them in a conversation about that, in which case they were open to having that conversation with you. But you, you can't possibly have that conversation today. But the influence that they had back 20, 30 years ago was in what way? Providing you with a guidance towards a healthy love of science or a healthy love of history or a healthy love of a topic or passion within the realms of education, right? Right. Or that they had influence over showing love and respect and honor inside the classroom. Or they had a way to influence toughness out of you. Or expecting greatness out of you. Today, uh-uh. It is all about indoctrinating them into your political or sociological ideology. And it's taught that that is what you're supposed to do in the classroom. That is the representation of a good teacher. That The representation of a good teacher 30 years ago was that they cared about your personal life and making sure that your education and that like, like, like a great example of this, right? If, if a teacher 30 years ago or 20 years ago knew you were being abused in the home, maybe they took extra time out of their day to do what, right? To show you love and respect. Right. Or to help you get out of those situations. Find resources to help you. Right? Today? Uh-uh. Mm -mm. It's not about that. It's, well, you must be trans or, or you know, you got to have this political ideology or that political ideology. It, it's not about actually caring about the, the students, caring about them as vessels for your ideology. One way or the other, by the way. It's not about teaching right, wrong. It's not about teaching civics. It's about making civics into a left-wing ideolo ideological passion project. Because if I, can, if I can use those individuals as vessels for my own political ideology, they're now vessels for 20, 30, 40 years. Hmm. We've now groomed the next generation of leftist activists. This is part of the leftist activist crowd that um, everybody's trans. If you identify with non-normal masculine or feminine toys or dress, somehow you're the opposite sex. That's what they're trying to tell five-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 15-year-olds today. 
Here's the reality, Pat. Guess what? Just because you don't do the things that are normal feminine or masculine activities for boys or girls, right? Doesn't mean you're not a boy. Doesn't mean you're not a girl. Right. It turns out that there are feminine and masculine spectrums. For each gender. For each sex, not gender. For each sex. sex. Because gender is what? It is 100% a social construct. It is 100% a a construct of sociology. That's Mm it. It's also a construct of language. It is linguistic in nature. That's why when we talk about AOC, talking about Latinx and Latinx, it doesn't exist in the Spanish language because it's not a thing. There's no such thing as gender-neutral language in Spanish or in German, or in French, or in any other language in the world. In what, why is language gendered, right? Why is there a masculine and a feminine? It is to allow us to understand what is being talked about. Why do we use he, she, her? Because it's a way for us to be able to identify in language People, places, and things that we are speaking about. When you start messing with that, you start messing with reality. Reality is not subjective, it is objective. Sorry for all of you who believe in subjective reality. It doesn't exist. You have feelings on objective reality, right? Right. That doesn't mean your feelings are invalid, by the way. It just means that you have feelings. I'm allowed to have feelings about that objective reality, too. And your subjective feelings on that do not cancel mine out. I do not have to accept your feelings. That's why that whole Ben Shapiro, facts don't care about your feelings matters. He's really saying objective reality doesn't care about your subjective reality. Just because you feel some way doesn't mean that reality doesn't exist. So in this particular case, yes, of course I believe that. I absolutely 100% believe this to be true, that trans identification has doubled in the United States. It's a problem Because they're teaching subjective realities as objective truth. Now, could you go down the road in in a philosophical way and say, what's objective truth? Well, objective truth is things that are physically identifiable as 100% true. You can't change it. I cannot change whether I'm a man or a woman. Biologically, that is an impossibility. Even if I were to get all the surgeries in the world, stop all the hormones, do I still have an XY XY chromosome? Yes, you cannot change that. Yeah, I was gonna say because when you when you're when you're dead and all that's left is your bones, doesn't matter what surgeries you had, they're still gonna be like, that's a male. Yeah, female. If they here's a great example, right? Let's say somebody murdered you, Pat, Mm -hmm. but you had identified Mm -hmm. your entire adult life as a female. Okay, and oh, somebody like murdered you, okay. and you went missing for five years. Mm-hmm. And inside that five years, by the way, Pat, mm-hmm. let's say that inside those five years, um, they found your 
bones. Uh-huh. De- decomp, decomp, right? And uh-huh. they want to yeah. test you mm-hmm. in those bones. Mm-hmm. What would those bones tell the uh, the public? That you weren't Petrina, that you were Patrick Oni. That you were a man named Patrick Oni. Because yeah. it turns out the bones tell you that um, you have an XY chromosome and your DNA is male. It's ingrained in your DNA. That's objective reality, by the way, folks. Even if you felt like a woman your entire life, that is a feeling that is subjective and it is subject to change, by the way. Here's here's my, my take on this. I believe the study is real. I believe the numbers are real. So in this sense, I'm also going to say truth. But in the sense of what you were saying, in that a lot of people have been groomed into believing this about themselves or about society, I it makes me want to say fiction. Because if that's the case, are you really like if you've been groomed into being trans, are you really trans? If you've been groomed into being gay or lesbian, are you really? Now, I, I, I ask this as a philosophical question. I'm right, not, I'm right. Not oh, 100%. No I understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. But, mm-hmm. but that's to my point, right? They have groomed them right. to believe this. Will they eventually come out of this? I don't know, right? I really don't. Because, again, how much of this is real and how much of this is this is the, tr- this is the cool trend, right? Mm-hmm. This, is the, right. this is the rebel because every generation has that rebellious spirit in them, right. right? For my parents, right? My parents' generation, it was rock and roll, right? It was right. heavy rock and roll. The 70s, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, all that sort of stuff, right? Your your hippy-dippy 60s were gone by the 70s, right? That was the rebellious nature of the mid-70s, right? The rebellious nature of the mid-80s was what? Duran Duran, um, Wham, the androgynous you know, type of stuff, right? Big hair. Mm-hmm. Right. In the 90s, it was hip-hop, right? Right. In the 2000s, what was it? Right? I, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. every every generation has that rebellious spirit in them, and it manifests some way in popular culture, and this is it. Let me give you some numbers behind this, though, Pat, because we're talking about the Williams Institute um, at the UCLA School of Law, that in 2017... Around 0.7% of younger teens were transgender, noting about 150,000. Now, that estimate has doubled to over 300,000. Now, check this out. According to the Institute, about 43% of the 1.6 million transgender people in the United States today are young adults or teenagers. 43% of them. Nearly one in five of the 1.6 million are aged 13 to 17. Now, I got more numbers Mm. real quick. Okay. So put that into perspective. This is all despite the younger teen demographic, according to this report, being less than 8% of the total U.S. population. Now, in the same vein, they point out, young adults 18 to 24 make up just under a quarter of the transgender population, but they're only 11% of the U.S. 
total population. About 1.4% of all teens 13 to 17 are somehow transgendered, while 1.3% of young adults are transgendered. Meanwhile, only a half of a percent of adults identify as transgendered. What does that all tell you? And tells you that hmm, this could be a phase. This could be a fad. This could be a lot of things because it doesn't make sense to jump this quick in five years. In five years that this population has somehow doubled, adults 25 to 64 have identified as transgendered less than their younger counterparts. Now, it does make up 62% of the U.S. population, right? The 25 to 64 crowd makes up 62% of all, uh, all people in the United States of America. Less than 47% is transgendered, right? So they make up only 47% of the transgender population, but they make up 62%. The point of those comparisons is that if this was not a, a subjective thing, that it should be closer to the representation of the population writ large. If there's not something that is bugging out, this should be Right? They should represent 62% of the transgender population or close approximation to that. But, the, but it's inverse. People over 65 made up only 20% of the U.S. population, but they're only 10% of the transgender population showing the inverse of that relationship that we just talked about. Now, this, all of this numbers, all of these numbers, all of this data comes from the CDC, by the way, and it's uh, prevention, be, uh, prevention's behavioral risk factor surveillance system, as well as its youth risk behavior survey. One in five? What the? What is going on? What, what, what did I say to you last night when I sent you this story? I called bullcrap because I, I, I had serious questions about this. I'm like, how much of this is just being taught to them? And then they're all of a sudden thinking, hey, I, I am this because this is what I'm being taught. Secondly, right, because it's I, been I, shoved down their throats as right. objective reality for at that point, if you're 13, for what, six, seven, eight, nine years of your education? Basically over half your life. So, so here's, here's the other kicker that I have on this. When you are, you know, six, seven, pretty much any time between that and the age of, say, give or take 15, you're still figuring out your emotions and how to, how to deal with certain feelings, right? right? How much of this is, is figuring that out? All right, and we've talked about that ad nauseum. You know, we, right. we have no way of quantifying that, except for we do realize, we and that's why the Williams Institute study is important. When they break out that young adult crowd, you see a massive what deflation of that number. Why? Because people figure out their emotional and physical states. Wait for it from the ages of thirteen to seventeen. By and large, and my my point to this is is how many of the how many of these are kids that that 
aren't really able to figure this out or deal with these emotions in a healthy way. And this is, this is their outlet to deal with all of that, you know, now, so th- here, th- that, that's, that's my question. But here's here to speaking to that point though. We also have some, some statistics around that because there have been studies done on this adult, uh, young adult or young transitioning population, right? That, that 13 to 17, right. when they follow to adulthood, um, according to Michael Laidlaw, a board-certified physician and endocrinology specialist in California, points out this. We know that a very high percentage, 60 to 98%, depending on the study, of kids who are given support will no longer identify as being the wrong sex as adults. Sex cannot be changed. It begins at conception and is solidified during embryological development inside the womb. So what he's talking about here is what? If you give them proper psychological and emotional support, it turns out that the vast majority figure out and get through that really awkward phase and get through that dysphoric phase. Or understand that they that they have that dysphoria and, and understand how to work within that. They're given tools. They're given those things. And it's not about hating yourself or or you know praying the gay away or or whatever have you. It is about understanding how your body is chemically and emotionally responding to changes. Right. And how chemically your body's being tr- or your mind is tricking you into thinking something because it's got that chemical change happening it, but but talking about gender dysphoria to the far less uh far left transgender crowd oh hell no right to them gender dysphoria is just a term for bigotry it, it is not even recognized by that far left transgender sociological like if you watch that what is a woman crowd uh, or a documentary, you'll see that that man that we played last week, right? What's truth? He probably also will tell you that gender dysphoria is bigotry. Think about that. Except for that's an actual real diagnosis. It is a real thing that a lot of people go through. There's a, people go through all sorts of dysphoria. Mm-hmm. It is a psychological thing. It's real. And if you're given tools and support, it turns out you don't need to mutilate your body to to help yourself. Now, are there people who, you know, that's their choice? Sure. Sure. But maybe before we go chopping up bits and changing your hormonal makeup and your um, physiological self. And doing something that you'll regret later. Let's, yeah. let's, um. Let's back that freight train up and take a look at the psychological side of things first. But but that's not what that activist crowd wants. They want that eight-year-old to start their transition. What? And shame on you, Fox News, by the way. I mean, I don't know why anybody's watching it to begin with. But do you need any more proof of that leftist activism that's going on at Fox News then Dana Perino Dana freaking Perino presenting to you a, a heartwarming story of the transition of a 10 year old what the hell are you doing congratulations groomer news and with that Pat your final thoughts on today's show 
don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And if there's anything that you should be taking away from today, take care of your kids. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.